Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. Radiant. Timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hey, listeners of Other People's Pockets. Really quick before we start the show, we're trying something new. If you think you might be a good guest for this show, could you have a friend record a voice memo and interview you about your personal finances for about five minutes or fewer and then send us the recording at otherpeoplespockets at gmail.com? We are so excited to hear your voice notes. And also, if you like the show, tell a friend about it. Word of mouth really gives us a boost. Stumbling upon this box of money, I told her straight up, yo, I know I'm fucking up the party here. I understand that, like, I've stepped on some shoes just being in this room. I'm aware that, like, the record has skipped, so I'm going to keep on skipping it. We are using this money for black people. We are going to use these wealths for black people. Black people are going to touch this money. Their lives are going to be improved by this money. I'm saying it out loud now so no one here gets upset or is confused later. Like, that's what we're doing here because I am here. A few weeks ago, I was in Los Angeles and got to record a rare in-person interview for this show, and it was so fun. I talked to Jeremy Bowditch, who is an Echo Park Neighborhood Council member in Los Angeles, a politically active socialist, and also a creative director in the advertising world. Although, as with all people, any quick descriptor of what he, quote, does for a living is not necessarily indicative of what really matters to him. Because what really matters to Jeremy are the Lakers, breakfast burritos, good wine, his friends and family, of course. Jeremy is big on being transparent with people about how he and his wife actually afforded a house in L.A. County and what he did when he discovered his wife had a lot of family money. And just to be crystal clear, he doesn't actually say it in the interview, but his wife is white, and that's going to be relevant if you listen to the interview. Why don't you grab a glass of wine if you partake and have a drink along with us? 
I'm Maya Lau, and this is Other People's Pockets, the show where I ask people how much they make and how their finances work so the questions we all have about money can be a little bit less of a mystery. Thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. I'm so excited. Oh, excellent. Feelings mutual. (laughs) So really quick before we start, I noticed that you're a wine lover. Yes. And so it is true. I asked you if there's a wine that I could bring and you helpfully gave me a list, which I feel like most people would be like, whatever. But you're like, I have these very specific wines from very specific parts of the world. And so I took them to the this wine store I was at. And I was like, can you please use this as inspiration? So the guy said, you said a Nerello Mascalese from Sicily. Yes. And so he thought that this um, Grillo, I don't know. I don't know if you know what this is, but he said that that would oh, yeah. suffice. Yeah, this is great. Okay. It's so wild because, like, the branding, everything about wine is, like, branding. Yeah. Like, the French started branding champagne, like, which 300 years ago. Which is also your profession. It is, Which we'll it talk is. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all Can marketing. Can you open this? Because I, I want, I feel like I need to see how it is opened by someone who knows oh, more about wow. wine. You so might, I kind of, like, butcher the whole packaging. But because I am playing the role of fancy wine snob, which is who I am in real life, uh, I'm going to try and open this capsule the way you would get it if a psalm or somebody blah, blah, blah were to do it. you got to be careful, though, because I could derail this whole episode and just be talking about wine, wine service, wines I like to drink. And then people where listening it's fun are to like, drink them. I thought this was a show about money and yeah, exactly. not, yeah. I think this is the first in-person interview I've done for this show. Oh, wow. Yeah. I do it all remotely. We're Cheers. celebrating. Cheers. Could you please identify yourself? Who are you? What are you in Yeah. Uh, my name is Jeremy Bowditch. I am an Angelino. I'm into wine, sailing, all things Mexico, the Los Angeles Lakers, and honestly tearing down this capitalist hellscape brick by brick where I can. Um, and that's, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. And it's interesting that in that intro, you didn't say what you do for a living. I like to push back yeah. against that. That being your identity. Because it, it's, I feel like it's a recent thing, and a very American thing. Yes. You know, we think, oh, well, the way the natural world, the way mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. is right. Like what you do decides your value. And, you know, so kings, the most valuable, shit shovelers, the least. Where are you on this spectrum? Right. So I can know how to relate to you. Right. When I feel like what we want to do, what we like to do, who we want to be, how we spend our time, I think says a lot more about us than what we do. Because I know personally, like, in my career, um, I have been at times doing what fulfills me and other times, like, let me sort these jobs by compensation, Mm -hmm. take the highest paying one completely regardless of how I feel and just do that because Mm -hmm. that's what this is, a transaction, right? Mm -hmm. My labor for money, yeah. that money for food and shelter. And like, 
So for me, like, I find it a little bit disingenuous to engage in a, like, oh, well, I love creating value. It's my passion, it's my passion. to serve and, like, the customer. Right. Yeah. Like, let's keep LinkedIn yeah. on LinkedIn. Yeah. This is real life. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, for work to pay my bills, et cetera, I've been a video editor. I've been um, advertising, uh, copywriter, associate creative director, creative director. Basically, anything that involves the, getting that commercial on TV, I've done everything except direct it, be in it, everything else, from the guy getting the coffee to the one writing the ad to the guy editing to the guy who sits on the couch behind the guy who edits. That's what I do now. Uh, I've jumped around all those little positions, and I can straight up say that, like, none of them have been, like, emotionally fulfilling that will be in the front page of my memoir, like, as a headline, like, here lies Jeremy Bowditch, and here's what he stood for, like, the brand tenets of Microsoft. He was an ad man. Yeah, Yeah, like... No. No. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What is your story? Like, how did you get here? My story is uh, dad's in the military, no college. My mother's a teacher. They moved to West Germany. Wall falls. Wait a couple more years, maybe two, maybe one. Moved back to the States. My brothers are born overseas. So we grow up half in Europe, half in the D.C. burbs where my dad is stationed. Uh, mother starts teaching. Dad is in the military, no no high school. And like this is at a point where like you could just get a job, work hard, and buy a house and feed children what and send them to school. I don't and know so what like that is. I did not see the train coming. No one in my family or felt we all I thought like, oh cool. I will also like clock in at 8 a.m. for 30 years and also own a home and have food. And at the age of 28. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So like I thought things were they were. But I, I guess what I'm saying is things were great up until, like, I guess for all millennials, right? 2008, the bull gets pulled out away from your eyes. How like, old oh, are you? no. I'm 39. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, I kind of had this idea growing up that, like, if you work hard in the United States, you better hold on to your hat because that jet stream's going to whisk you away to a life of success and wealth and luxury and, like, it was just a couple of like early mornings in the office and that's all it takes, right? Well, you, yeah. you skip a lunch break. Look out, you're on the fast train to like, you know, paid town. And that is not my experience LOL. as yeah. an adult, yeah. right? Like, oh, hey, man, I think everyone's out here sweating, actually, yeah. now that I look around. So my parents did not raise me with a lot of like class consciousness. They were both born in the late 50s. And so, I mean, their entire lives, right? Like World War II powered this upward until yeah. Reagan gets in. So like they're seeing, oh, if you work hard, you'll get paid more tomorrow. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah. Acquire, acquire, acquire. You know, retire in luxury. Like, so yeah, I, uh, I was raised as if everything was fine because at the time it was. Mm-hmm. How did you get into advertising and all the other things you're into? Like, did something interest you there? What's that story? I was and still am interested in storytelling. Um, was kind of like touring colleges to become an animator. And then at one of these schools, art schools, like I, we had to walk through the film department to get the animation department. And I saw like 19-year-olds loading cars full of cameras. And I was like, wait, they're making their own movies? How is that allowed? And that kind of, like, opened my eyes, just more visual storytelling. So I majored in film, moved to Los Angeles at 22, still here. And, yeah, just kind of, like, being involved in a little bit of that behind-the-scenes storytelling decision-making has always fascinated me, Mm -hmm. always. Like, Mm -hmm. when I was a 
teenager, you know, like, yeah, I'm getting the DVD, watching the movie, but really I'm skipping to this documentary that's eight minutes long where they're going to tell me mm-hmm. why the decision was yeah. made to shoot this here and what it means and this and that. And so that kind of has been the locus, I guess, for what I've done to pay my bills ever since, right, is some sort of TV, a little bit of movies, mostly commercials, a lot of reality TV, dancing around, um, you know, telling that story. At first it was editing, then it kind of got into writing, back in editing. I've definitely been on the corporate sponsored brought to you by side mm-hmm. of media mm-hmm. um, early on just realized like okay you can be a starving artist how about I be how about a, not yeah like <laughs> let me also like you know yeah. go see like Wong Kar Wai movies on the weekend yeah. but like I live inside you know yeah. like like that's what I want for my life and yeah. so I kind of like in my really early 20s kind of gave up this idea that Success means only my name in lights in every movie mm-hmm. theater in town. And I realized, like, oh, shit, you know what would be cool? Living inside, having clothes, not being hungry. Like, damn. And so my kind yeah. of, not my goals, but, like, what makes me feel successful mm-hmm. has changed, I'd say, a lot in my 20s, a little bit in my 30s. But so, yeah, just as long as I can have some fun while I'm also paying the bills, mm-hmm. I'm having a great time. So that's kind of what keeps me in the media space. Would you call it advertising? Or yeah, it, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I call it advertising. Well, um, what's the money like in advertising? How much money do you make? Uh, my last job, I was making one thirty-four. Um, although I feel I was underpaid. I have been extremely unemployed and underemployed, so I've made twelve thousand dollars in a year. I've made doing uh, what? Working intermittently as an editor and a grip and a PA here in LA. Here in LA, this is all in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Like when I was 22, my first job out of school was like as a PA running around. I'm making like $36,000 a year. Then a couple years after that, I get a job editing a TV show. But like who's going to let a 23-year-old edit a TV show? That kind of show. And like it was very cheap. And so I'm that year I made like 75000 And I thought, oh, like, oh my God, wow. I'm so wealthy. Yeah. That did not last. Right. Two years later, I'm no longer doing that show. I'm back to PAing and doing other kind of stuff. And I'm back making like 40-something. Some years I made 22 um, years where I was full-time employed, now we're talking like 115, 120, 130. But that's the other thing. Like, my I just did a freelance gig um, and filling in for a creative director who's out on paternity leave. And for that job, I was like, yo, I my day rate is 1095. I want 1100 a day. And they were like, we'll give you 800. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. But like, just so you know, this is a discount. I don't like this. Da, da, yeah. da. So like, in the grand scheme of things, if you're talking about like workers who are still basically living paycheck to paycheck, I think anything like 160 and below, you can put in that same category. I think people making between like 160, 350, 400 are probably living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, right? It's not in like, LA. In LA. It's not one to one, but it's like they get fired tomorrow. How many mortgage payments yeah. can they make off the strength of their savings? And mm-hmm. the answer, I think, is terrifying. Yeah. I think if we actually were to like discuss that openly, society might crumble. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, I, uh, I'd say on production side of things, it's probably 1500 a week to 1600 a week. Once you get out of production and get into like the agency side where you're hiring the production people to make this thing. Now it's a little higher. Now you're getting closer to like 1800 to like 2000 a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, my last gig paid me 800 
a day times five is 4,000. So 4,000 a week pre-tax. I was suspected and I knew for real, but then I got married, our finances combined. And like, I went from a like working person living paycheck to paycheck to someone who like has family money, right? Mm. And like- Because of your wife's family wife's money? money? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that just seeing different doors open- Okay. I'm going to say this shit because okay. it's going to upset my wife a little bit. She's going to get over. We already talked about it. It's all on Wikipedia. Uh, her family started the Kenner Toy Company. Um, okay. And so— I don't know what that is. Uh, the I'm Star sh- Wars action figures, okay. Okay. Um, pound puppies, okay. uh, Spirograph, Easy Bake Oven. I'm uh, seeing dollar signs. Things like that. Yeah. Uh, and so in the 70s, they sold it to General Mills for cash and stock. And okay. so her grandfather basically gave everybody— and their kids a little box of General Mills stock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they sold some of that and diversified a little bit. But basically that has been sitting there untouched. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to Musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. How much is your mortgage? My mortgage on my house 
is not accessible to a regular working person. It's it's forty one hundred a month, uh, but it's like a FHA uh, Sally Mae mortgage mm-hmm. is like three point five percent down. Wait, what's an FHA Sally Mae mortgage for if, people who don't know? Um, the government lets you put down a very small amount as a down payment, but the problem that happens in a lot of big markets, especially in Los Angeles, is what they're qualified for is a very narrow range. And it mm-hmm. goes up every year. So it's like, good luck actually finding a house Bingo. that costs that. Yes. Because it might be a lot that has no house or whatever. Like, it's not even yeah. something where you'd want to live. And then yeah. everyone in their mother is, is qualified that. for that same narrow yeah. band. That's why a house, they and just... And then they bid it up. Yes. And then you can't afford it. Yes. Which yeah. is why, like... Uh, this was last year's numbers, but they just the FHA thing now in Los Angeles is at like a million. You can actually buy a million dollar mm. house for thirty five thousand dollars down. That's you can get Which that. Which for people today. who don't know LA, that will get you a condo or yeah, you know, like. <laughs> it'll get you either a condo <laughs> yeah. where you want to live or a three bedroom house and a place you never thought you would live. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and but what I realized was, yeah, we have this mortgage. It's called a private mortgage. It's mm. not a FHA first time federally guaranteed mortgage. It's not a standard mortgage. It's not Mm. a jumbo mortgage. Mm. Those are all the retail mortgages available if you walk into a bank. This is if you have a shit ton of money, they will offer you a better rate, rate, less money down, and lend you more money than is available in these standard products. We didn't really overextend ourselves, but like I told my wife, I was like, we are going to use the tools of having all this money to give us the mortgage and financial situation my parents had yeah. as regular working people, right? right? Like, right. it sucks. It's that, crazy like, that it that's takes what that. It takes, but, like, that's what's going on. So, okay, how much did your house cost? Uh, $999,000. And when did you buy it? Not this last January, but the one before that. January 2022. Two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And in Echo Park? In Pasadena. Oh, Nice. It's, it's that's what everyone says. I'm <laughs> I know, extremely. I know, I know Pasadena is many different things. I'm it extremely not... disappointed. I wanted to buy a house on the street where I live now. That same million dollars gets you a one bedroom, one bath, nine hundred square foot, one person house. That same amount of money gets you a ten thousand square foot lot and three bedrooms in Pasadena. Did you have a down payment? And if so, how much was it? Yeah. And how did you get that down payment? Uh, the down payment. So uh, a regular mortgage. Is 20% down. Mm-hmm. Your federally guaranteed mortgage is 3.5% down. And there's no in between unless you have this like mm-hmm. secret evil banker shit mm-hmm. called a private mortgage where they'll give you 10% down. Mm-hmm. So 10% down, million dollar house, uh, $100,000 down payment. We sold some stock to get that cash together through the same people that are allowing us, basically the people who manage the stocks and assets to create this family wealth are like, hey, since you keep all this wealth parked here, do you want mm. access to our loan products? And are these stocks that you and your wife have, like, picked out and oh, did no. well? Or, like, it's, like, just in her family somewhere. This is all Somebody family had... money. So what is the conversation like between you and your wife? I personally don't have that experience of marrying someone with money. Like, is it awkward? Is it, like, dude, fucking sweet that you got like, whatever? Like, what is the... Yes and yes. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, what? Everyone is different. And my mm-hmm. wife is uh, a wonderful person, but she's also extremely anxious. And mm-hmm. so she basically, her whole life has been not even really opening the mail that comes about this from this like accounting firm. She's not like every week looking at it. She's not doing any yeah. of that. She's kind of like, yeah, it's there, but I don't want to touch it. I want to think about it. Ah. And she told me about it the first time. And I was like, well, how much is in there? And she's like, well, I don't know. I think this much. I'm like, you think? 
And, and that, this is when you were dating or married? This is definitely dating. Okay. Um, but like, you know, we've been dating for a few years. But like just that. What did she say? She said like, I literally don't know. She's like, I couldn't. But I think it could be. It started out $400,000. Okay. But I've never looked at it or touched it. I've never peeked into it, never done anything. And that's in her name. Like, that's in her name. Okay. Yeah, yeah, And I just remember thinking like, <laughs> I'm such a broke boy like mentality. Like the idea that I could possess any asset. It could be a donut. It could be a car, a condo. Oh, I just got a $10,000 check from the job, whatever. Yeah. The idea that I wouldn't know the exact yeah. number, yeah. where it is, yeah. how I can access yeah. it, how long I need before I can get that cash in my hand. Like that to me already was like, oh, I'm, we are different. Yeah. We, this is a, <sighs> yeah. And like, I realized a lot of stuff like, oh my God, this thing was set up not for her to like live her life with. This is like on top just for you to have a little top piece. Right. The rest of everything else taken care of. Uh, we actually talked to a wealth manager about it and like had him me walk like not only my lifetime, but what happens after I'm dead? Like, okay, da da da. Like, what is your? We talked about what our goals were, and that's kind of where that conversation began. Because my thing was, oh, I am black. Uh, this country has conspired for hundreds of years to not only deprive me of any wealth that I might have taken away from me, it is putting up all kinds of barriers to me acquiring any new wealth, up to and including my actual physical body. Not safe. Like, keep yeah. your head on a swivel. Like, look out. Yeah. And so I told her straight up, like, oh, so here's what we're going to, we are going to do with our family. It took a lot of time to get there, by the way. But what we are going to do with our family's money, put it into a box, let it grow, bury that box, throw the map away, tell the kids, you're not rich and neither am I. And then maybe like 20 years after we die, surprise, like that was my thought process. It was like the idea would be create like an endowment or whatever mm -hmm. that generations of my family and descendants yeah. could, if they needed a car loan, if they needed, mm -hmm. if they had a resource, yeah. essentially like a private bank just for them yeah. with very generous terms. It's not just like writing you checks for rent, mm -hmm. but if you need to do a little something, yes. this is available to you. That yeah. was my vision. But yeah, it definitely took a lot of conversation, a lot of intentional where are we and where do we want to be and how do we get there? What's yeah. the ethical way to do it. Yeah. Um, one of those is like divesting. I was like, okay, so you feel bad. Here's one way to not feel so bad. Any like bomb makers. Right. Rifle, um, private prisons. Right. Let's like, not invest in that. Palestinian kids getting their heads stomped on money, yeah. whatever it is. Like, but the we thing can is, like, there's so many companies where it's more gray. Yeah. And you don't know what they're doing exactly. I mean, obviously, you're not going to invest in private prisons, but like some but major corporations. for you and me. Okay. That's not obvious when okay, you're on the phone. When you're on the phone with the money guy, he's like, <laughs> This is a great investment. Yeah. Maya, you're yes. like, Well, but you can't work with that money guy. They're, they're like, <laughs> Have you seen the numbers? Hold on, before you say that, and they slide you a little thing, like, Look, I mean, come on, look where yeah. it's going. And then the laws, yeah. I mean, oh, oh, big money coming. And you're like, yeah. I get that. Whew. But we are not doing that. What's your net worth? Oh. Uh, Probably between one and one five million. Mm -hmm. Stumbling upon this box of money, I told her straight up. I told Who? Her, uh, my wife. Mm -hmm. I told her mother straight up. I told her brother, like all of them. I told these fucking like accountant guys at this thing, like, yo, I know I'm fucking up the party here. I understand that like I've stepped on some shoes just being in this room. I'm aware that like the record has skipped. So I'm gonna keep on skipping it. We are using this money for black people. We are going to use these wealths 
for Black people. Black people are going to touch this money. Their lives are going to be improved by this money. I'm saying it out loud now so no one here gets upset or is confused later. Like, that's what we're doing here because I am here. And if What'd you, they say? Uh, what, what, do you mean? what do you mean? I was wait, like, wait, they did. They protest. Oh, I because I the next thing out of my mouth was. But did was, your wife protest? No, no. But the next thing out of my mouth was out of my mouth was cut a check. My brother had just had some kids, and I was like, I want both of them to have an account with money in their name. And so I took five thousand dollars for each of these children out of this thing. And like there was some yeah. protesting, but like no, that's what we're doing, and put it into a sort of like Vanguard account that. You can own at three years old that no one else can touch except mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And so like, and that's- And it'll and, grow and, and it'll be there and- It'll yeah, be like 20, yeah. 25 when they're 18. And they're the only ones that can touch it. I gave yeah. the information to their parents, my brother and his wife. And I was like, if you want to add on top, here you go. Legally, no one except for them can get in here and pull mm-hmm. anything out. I can't do it. It's not even for me. So here you go. And that's something that I like out loud said yes. from the get go. Yes. I was like, first conversation we have with these people, I am bringing this up. She's like, oh, it won't be a problem. They're not going to have a problem with that. And I was like, okay. But just in case they do, yeah, I want you to know this is like a big deal for me. And there was a little pushback, but like I let them know like, hey, man, I'm going to be here for a long time. And you know, you better get you're like we're going to be having this conversation about what's the best way to use this money, what does it mean, mm-hmm. what's its purpose. Me talking to you about that, this is an ongoing, this is the first episode in a long-running series. So may everyone, I want everyone to be comfortable because this is how it's gonna go down. Yeah. And since then, I've had no problems with those guys. It's been yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that all speaks to another, you know, traditional institution which is marriage you know yeah like would any of this be happening if you weren't married no you know and that's like so not at all weird right it's like you have to like do the traditional thing to like move forward in this amazing way yes i told my brother this he was like man this is bullshit this system's bullshit i don't like it at all i was like you're correct it is it's wrong we should not be organizing our society in this way i completely agree with you but in Los Angeles in 2023, this is how we have collectively agreed to do things. So if you don't want to participate, I genuinely am counseling you to consider moving somewhere else. Living participate in, a, in the rat race, capitalism, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, like if yeah. you if you want right. to be able to get medical attention yeah. without having income. Right. Which I agree with. That should be <laughs> right. allowed. That doesn't happen here. You should consider living somewhere else. But on else. a marriage front, like I'm just I'm just it's just interesting to me because I've thought a lot about how, like, marriage is, like, honestly an amazing way to consolidate wealth. That's like, what it is. That's what it is. It's been a business transaction from day one. <laughs> right. So right. it's like— Dowries, all that shit. And it's reflected in our systems, yeah. right? Like, you are going to have a less difficult time financially yes. if you are married yes. versus being single. Gener- I mean, un- unless your partner is— Sure, but even Spending like all your money, but tax yes. code, et cetera, yeah, like exactly. it's more beneficial. It benefits married to people, married right. people, right? right? And so, like, there is these like systems and like norms are not just like tradition; it's also codified into law. Yes. It's the way we've organized yes. our nation, and so like, no matter how you feel about it, like, I've I've straight up told people like consider maybe Marriage. marrying <laughs> a friend. Like on some like on some green card shit, just like for the tax benefits right, and like right. real estate purposes, and like get a lawyer to make the contract up because like it's kind of stupid that like there's no way to access those benefits unless you participate 
in the institution of yeah. marriage. And, and the fact that it's codified into law and it's a very real thing. Like, I can definitely say after doing my taxes before married and after. Yes. It's a much better to be married, and it's shitty that, like, yeah, that is that the way things are, but it is. Yes. Yeah, you're not wrong. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. You're a democratic socialist, and yes. you're an Echo Park neighborhood council person, yes. right? Yes. Do you get paid for that? Oh, not at all. <laughs> well, I thought you did it for the money. What are you talking about? Hundred percent volunteer. So, yeah. What? Okay. Can you explain? Is this the most local unit of government? Like, what is this that you? Yeah. Uh, in 1999, uh, the San Fernando Valley threatened to secede from the city of Los Angeles over just basic racist shit, and so the city council was like, "Don't leave." They created the neighborhood council system Mm. to give these people a voice and keep them from leaving. And so the idea was there are 99 neighborhood councils. Every neighborhood gets a body, and that body basically gets, like, elevated privileges at City Hall, which basically means public comment for a normie is, like, a minute. 
If you're on the neighborhood council and you filed a like community impact statement, you get five minutes. Okay. That's what the rules say. Okay. In reality, you go to city council meeting, you're like, I want to speak up against, they're like, we don't value democracy. Mute his microphone. And like, they do what they want. Okay. So do you have any power? I have city stationary. I have a Gmail that I made myself. Again, I can talk for three more minutes than you at a city council meeting if I filed the correct paperwork. Uh, <laughs> but that is it. That I, is, that's do you the have, power. Do you, you hold meetings in the community and people— Yeah. Okay, so you're like a community hub. You're you're hearing people's complaints. You're taking them to the city council. Like, what In is... an ideal world, that's how it was conceived. Okay. In a real world, it is a place for homeowners to gather and complain, consolidate power— um, organized yeah. against renters and the unhoused. Keep, keep the character of the neighborhood. Bingo. Yeah. While keeping the character of the neighborhood, you yeah. know, which is... Cheers to that. I'm just wildly <laughs> annoying. <laughs> like pouring more. Uh, and so part of... You like, really need to keep oh, drinking I, or I, could, I really I will drink the whole We wanted bottle. to go in there and like disrupt a lot of that, you know, and try and like... Who's we? I ran with a slate of other DSA socialist people. Democratic Socialists of, of America. America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I also should say like... I have let my dues lapse. I am not actively with them currently in this moment. Why? Just because it's a little too much committee meetings, a little too many good-meaning white people who just can't for some reason find anyone who's brown to speak in a meeting. I just don't know. What's so crazy? Like, oh, maybe they don't exist. Like, I've noticed a lot Mm. of that going around. Anytime one of those people does speak up, it's like, oh, no, that's not the right way to do it. Hush, we're in charge. And Mm. so at least that's my experience as a member. And so I'm a little less yeah. leading Gun with, I took, I took the rose out of my Twitter profile. Yeah, uh, still a commie socialist. I feel like heart. that is a central problem of being any kind of social activist is that you have to go to the meetings. And then there's the people that are at the meetings. Yes. And the people at the meetings, they want to talk. Yes. And I don't want to hang out with them. I like direct like, action. I'm all about the cause, but I don't want to be in a meeting with you people. <laughs> You're not wrong. So are you going to continue to try to be a neighborhood council person in Pasadena? Or is Pasadena, do you have a political future? Like, what is this yeah, for you? Pasadena, this was my first kind of like, let me see if I can lean in and do some local politics, if I can make some change. And I mm-hmm. do feel like we had a big victory. The... Uh, Council District 13 in Los Angeles used to be represented by a guy named Mitch O'Farrell. Mm-hmm. And one of his decisions was during the pandemic, um, there were about 180 people sleeping outside in Echo Park. Mm-hmm. He got 300 LAPD cops, helicopters, et cetera, mm-hmm. swept the park in a violent raid, pushed us around a little bit, broke a couple people's arms, arrested some journalists, didn't arrest, detained some journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a community, we didn't really like that. And we were like, hey, mm-hmm. Obviously, you've been planning this in secret with homeowner groups for months, maybe longer. That kind of is offensive. Where are these public forums happening? Oh, they're Mm -hmm. not public. Oh, these Mm -hmm. are secret, private, not publicly noticed meetings where you're conducting the city's business. We love that. Still ignored us, wouldn't say anything. And so we basically just got like a bunch of socialists to run against him. He lost. Eunices Hernandez beat up Gil so bad, he lost in the primary. Who's Gil? Uh, Gil Cedillo uh, was one of those three who got caught on tape mm-hmm. along with Kevin DeLeon and uh, I believe Monica Rodriguez. N- Nuri Martinez. Nuri Martinez, yeah. yeah, yeah. Former, making uh, racist making comments. Making racist comments. Yeah. Um, she stepped down in disgrace. Gil lost his race um, in the primary. We were kind of like organizing before that happened. And the idea was we are going to find a humane solution 
to this problem Mm -hmm. that doesn't involve incarcerating people who can't afford to pay rent Mm -hmm. because that's not a crime. Mm -hmm. Um, What can we do? And then while that's happening, rumors about the lake being swept start happening. Our organizing gets more intense. He swept the lake, basically told us to go fuck ourselves, called us like rabble rousers. No, it's just a few loud people. And then we fucked him up in the election, trounced him. And now the Los Angeles City Council is the only city in the United States with two, with not even two, because we only have 15. We have, we're so, such underrepresented on city council. More than 10% of the city council is a socialist, out. Police abolitionist, out. And that is new and different in this country. And we did that. We did that here in LA. And we are not going to stop. We're going to keep doing that. And things like you know, Doc Melly Mel and Black Lives Matter movement talking about like these guys are fucking us up, not keeping us safe. Here are the numbers, people's budget LA. Here's how we're spending this money, our unrestricted funds, like almost two billion of it go to the police. That's like the same military budget as Vietnam. Why? Right? There was a time when it was shut the fuck up, you can't ask those questions. Now Karen Bass just went like two weeks ago to the People's Budget LA presentation for the first time. Karen Garcetti, Bass, the, the mayor of Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Eric Garcetti, our former mayor, invited many times. Uh, Mitch O'Farrell, our former council member, invited many times. Ignore, 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 ignore. And now I don't even think that, like, Karen Bass, our mayor, is going to substantively engage with these ideas. But to ignore it, she recognizes is at her peril. And now we're kind of looking around. I think the entire Southland, like, oh, excuse me. We maybe want to have a conversation about is capitalism as it currently is organized mm-hmm. here, the only way mm-hmm. to solve our problems. Mm-hmm. We have 58,000 people living outside in L.A. One, excuse me, five die every day on the street because they can't live inside. Because the way we decided to organize our society means that shelter, where you sleep at night, is a commodity. Mm-hmm. And if it can't enrich someone, it cannot exist. That's where we're at. And so yeah. like, I hope that we can force the conversation to be expanded to look at other solutions. Mm-hmm. Something I like to tell people just to kind of like tickle them a little bit and get them like, whoa, social housing, 99-year lease, $500 a month. They're doing it in Austria today. They're doing it in Barcelona today. Why can't we do it here in Los Angeles? And just like keep saying that enough. And yeah. hopefully, whether I'm in Pasadena, whether I'm in Los Angeles, Echo Park, hopefully someone, whether that's just members of the community coming yeah. together or someone in power says, that's a very good question. Mm-hmm. Why? LA's controller Kenneth Mejia is a democratic socialist. What does that mean for the people of LA? Kenneth is someone who was an organizer who said, I think I can actually get in here and then did it. And what he campaigned on, which is this is how we're spending the city's money. $1.7 billion going to cops homelessness, education, parks, green, whatever you want to think about else. He put up billboards all over the city that show like the disparity in how we're spending. That's what he campaigned on. And then once he was elected, he was like, oh, well, now I'm going to use the power of the controller's office to audit different city functions. And let's just see if it's efficient. Let's just see what's going on. For instance, the Mitch sweeping the park, six airships, that's what they call the helicopters, four or five buses for detaining people, 300 police probably half of them charging overtime, if not all of them. What did that cost? And we were all speculating, and Kenneth ran the numbers. He was like, oh, that was millions of dollars. Millions of dollars on one day mm-hmm. to violently get these people out of the park. 
and what he's saying as the controller is Angelinos. Would that money have been better spent literally in the other way? Maybe on rent for the people living in the park. Oh, but like, oh, right. What? Like, and that's what he's doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, here's the system. Like there's so much clarity in the money. Yeah. People, that's people, people what respect about. it too. People respect numbers. Right. You know? They're like, numbers are, have, have an authority. Yeah. You know, it's there's not, a calculator yeah. involved. Like people yeah. who say, fuck your feelings. Let's go, Brandon, right. blah, blah, blah. If you're looking at a spreadsheet, there's a chart you can yeah. see. Very difficult up, down. to like yeah. get emotional when you're right. looking at raw numbers. Right. And I hope, oh, I, I hope, and that's what he's been doing. Hope he continues to just kind yeah. of like shine a light on some of these city processes and you know look at the raw numbers and just ask the question: right. Is this how we want to spend right. our? Where resources? is the money coming from? I don't know if you're this kind of person, but what's the last spreadsheet you made? The last spreadsheet I made was uh, regarding the house, and it was buying the materials and all the finishes and all that stuff. And I made, uh, you know, so on the left, you've got systems, you know, bathroom, kitchen appliances, outlets, you know, internet stuff, doorknobs, hardware, blah, blah, all the stuff that finishes the house. And then on the right, I've got three columns, like someone else is paying for it, most expensive version, the highest money I can spend on this and be able to sleep at night. Middle of the road, like what a like nice builder grade mm -hmm. version would be. And then on the end was like, okay, lowest shelf at Home Depot. You are a flipper with extreme disregard for human life. Like what is like the shittiest light switch? Landlord special. Times 10, yeah. yeah. Like, and so we had three versions of all the things. Uh -huh. And then as we were buying all the stuff, putting yeah. in the house, we could decide, okay, you wanted the nice this, you wanted the mid that, that means this thing. This right. is the shittiest option. Right. And like, we can change that, but that means this or this yeah. has to change. And so that was very helpful. What's the thing that you indulged in, in your renovation? Did you get tile. the good doorknobs? Okay. Tile. Like, uh, my what wife's, kind of tile? We, our fireplace is a, for this is for all you tile heads, shout out to you guys, uh, <laughs> is original. Uh, tile talk? <laughs> tile TikTok. talk. Uh, original Batchelder Tiles, which is a guy, Ernest Batchelder, who 100 years ago in L.A. was making tiles. This sounds expensive. And they were just a very common regular tiles in all kinds of Southern California okay. homes, craftsman-style homes. Okay. But when we bought the house, the listing agent did a very poor job at, like, making the house something that people would spend a lot of money on. And okay. so didn't list that as a feature. The homeowners had painted over it in green latex paint. And so we got with Silver Lake Restoration and actually had them restored buy a tile restore and like that is the number one feature of the house like anyone who's like in a artistic renovation space is like oh my god are these original ah! and so spending the money to have those like uncovered and restored and painted and fixed was unnecessary but something that brings me a lot of joy mm -hmm. and that was a lot of money not a lot of money. how yeah. much it was twenty thousand dollars for a fireplace uh get restoration Jeremy, I could talk to you all day, but thank you so much. <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Other of course. Pockets. Yeah, thank you. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Other People's Pockets. And hey, if you like this show, please tell a friend. Word of mouth is awesome for us. And leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Other People's Pockets is written and hosted by me, Maya Lau. It's produced by me, along with Joy Sanford and Dan Gallucci. 
production help from Angela Vang. Our executive producers are me, along with Jane Marie and Dan Gallucci. A special thanks to Batch Elder Tiles. Other People's Pockets is a co-production of Pushkin Industries and Little Everywhere. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love this show, consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus, offering bonus content and ad-free listening across our network for $4.99 a month. Look for the Pushkin Plus channel on Apple Podcasts or at pushkin.fm. You can sign up for Pushkin newsletters at pushkin.fm. Find me on Twitter at Maya Lau or on Instagram and TikTok at It's Maya Money. And hey, OPP listeners, are you someone making $50,000 a year or less? We would love to hear from you and more about your money story. Leave us a voicemail at 323-540-4255. That's 323-540-4255. Or record a voice memo and send it to otherpeoplespockets at gmail.com. Which menu item do you most miss at Chongo, which is a uh, Echo Park uh, coffee shop that is no longer open? Which menu item do you most miss at Chongo, and why is it the breakfast burrito? Yeah, you got it. I mean, just the idea that you could walk in there, get a coffee, and not get someone's interpretation of something where you have to kind of like have the context of a burrito this other thing they're trying to involve. Right. And it's just you, good. It's just good, and it was yeah. consistent, and it worked, and yeah. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.